Thank you for tuning in to the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We are one church with multiple campuses in the Elgin and Bartlett communities. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org, our church app, or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, may you be blessed by this week's message. Today we'll be reading from the book of John, chapter 20, verse 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw, he saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she, went, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. The third day, a Lent study and worship series which, which we hope will help us view the, the resurrection of Jesus through different lenses. Over the next several weeks, we're going to turn our attention uh, to the end of Lent. As Mary says, we go skip all the sad parts and go to the happy parts, uh, to resurrection, but, but viewing it through those, the eyes of those in Scripture. We're going to see what the resurrection could possibly mean for Mary Magdalene, for Simon Peter, for Thomas, for the apostles on that road to Emmaus, Paul, and even Jesus himself. However, I truly hope that over the course of the next few weeks, you'll begin to see the resurrection in a new light, for yourself. 
What difference does the resurrection make in your life? Does this extraordinary event in history guide your Christian faith? And what insights can we find as we gaze through the eyes of these biblical characters who also encountered the resurrected Jesus? Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so, God, I ask that you would speak to us, that you would offer your message to us, that, God, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. The third day. The third day. We, we might think this is significant because of Jesus' resurrection, but I wonder if we reflected if we reflected on third days throughout Scripture, if we look for references to third days, we might be surprised at what we find. So here's just a few from the Old Testament. Jonah, in the middle of running from God, was swallowed up by the big fish, and if you remember, remained in the belly of that fish for three days before getting spit up on the shore to finally do what God was asking him to do in the first place. Of course, you also might remember Isaac, Abraham's son, who was about to be sacrificed on an altar that that they built. It was the third day when Isaac was delivered from the sacrificial death through that ram caught in the bushes. Joseph. Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers, but he found himself working his way up the leadership ladder when he encountered some of his brothers again in that journey. He placed them in custody for three days. Moses made multiple trips up Mount Sinai, but it was on the third day on one of those trips that he met God. One of the minor prophets, Hosea, preached a message that God would revive the people for two days, but on the third day, he would raise them up. Queen Esther approached the king on the third day to plead with him about about this plan that she had to help the Israelites. You see, these are just a few of the many references to third days. But before we get into our feature character, Mary Magdalene, I want to mention one other third day reference, and it's not the band third day, although maybe there's some correlation there. Genesis 1, 9 through 13, speaks about creation and specifically what was created on the third day. Does anybody know what happened? What created or what God created on that third day. I told uh, Chris earlier this morning, I said it was kind of interesting that we're singing a song with a choir of now the green blade riseth because the third day was about land, about trees, about plants, about vegetation. We're talking about fruits and vegetables. This was the beginning of life, the beginning of growing things, the green blade riseth. The third day. And so we begin our study of the third day, the beginning of life. Mary Magdalene was the first one to the tomb that day. The sun had just come up and she was about to anoint Jesus' body and finish that burial process. It was sacred work. 
but it was also grieving work. This was not a joyful day at all, but things were about to change. Before we get too deep into Mary's encounter with the resurrected Jesus, let's, let's look at her life. Who was she? How did she meet Jesus? And, and what exactly did Jesus do for her? Now, there are some theologians who, will want, who wonder about her history, especially when we hear the name Mary in so many places throughout Scripture, as well as a number of unnamed women. First, let's take a look at who she is not. Some have said that she was a woman who approached Jesus during that dinner and anointed his feet with perfume or oil. And while we could see how this might be her because the the perfume would have been expensive and it was just before the mention of Mary Magdalene, we must note that the woman who anointed Jesus was said to be a woman of the city. Now this did not mean that she was a prostitute but a woman from the city where they were eating. This would mean, uh, because they they were in the town of Bethany, that this woman was Mary of Bethany, not Mary of Magdala. There's no, uh, there's also no evidence that Mary was a prostitute, nor was she the woman who was about to be stoned for adultery in John's gospel. What we do know is that Mary was from a fishing town called Magdala, hence her name, Mary Magdalene. But what did Jesus do for her? What did Jesus do for her? We heard uh, Mary talk a little bit about it. She says, well, what, what exactly? He healed her from some illness. Uh, what we hear in the Gospel of Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 2, is that Jesus healed her of seven demons. We don't know what the demons are, just that she was healed of these seven seven demons. But this also is the point where it talks about Mary and some other women supporting Jesus in his ministry. Now, this would certainly be financial support, so Mary would have had money. Hence why we think that might have been Mary that poured the perfume and the oil on Jesus' feet. But Mary is integral to the mission and the ministry of Jesus too. She was with him throughout all of those three years of ministry. She would have seen the miracles. She would have heard the stories and the teachings and witnessed all the good and all the bad that Jesus faced. She must have felt the pain and loss along with the joys and the celebrations. Can you imagine walking with Jesus, hearing him talk about all the people and all about the the kingdom of heaven? Mary must have felt so much joy, especially after having her demons removed. The weight had been lifted from her shoulders and she received this new life. This new life. I can imagine her going into the towns with Jesus and telling everyone she met about this man who forever changed her life. The excitement must have have come with this testimony. And that surely would have won people over. I'm sure that you have told people about something exciting in your life. You had to have had some things that were exciting in your life. 
encouraging them to maybe experience the same thing. Maybe it was that delicious food at a particular restaurant. Maybe it was the excitement of a White Sox game. I, I mean the Cubs game. Maybe it was a special event or a concert. Either way, you were excited about it and you shared it with your friends. They, they got excited too and they had to experience it for themselves. Mary would have been telling people all about Jesus. And people were compelled to see what this guy was all about after hearing her testimony. And so can I ask you a question today? How excited are you about Jesus? How excited are you about Jesus? How, are you excited, how excited are you about Journey of Hope and the ministries and the mission that are happening here? Do you want to tell everybody about it? Invite them into a relationship with Jesus or, or maybe invite them to join this community of faith? How excited are you? And when you tell people about it, do they get that excitement from you? You see, this is what Mary would have been doing. She, even as she continued to learn from Jesus, everything was great. Jesus is teaching and people are coming from all over the place to get a glimpse of him. Crowds are getting bigger and bigger and the excitement is growing. But underneath it all, underneath it all, I'm sure Mary and the rest of the disciples are starting to hear these, these rumblings of some people who aren't very happy with what Jesus is teaching. But then the last few days approached. And things began to change for Jesus and everyone who followed him along the way. Mary surely would have seen and had participated in all the events leading up to those last 24 hours. She was certainly there during those last moments, as every gospel account mentions her presence there. She witnessed firsthand the accusations, the trial, the sentence, the flogging, and ultimately the crucifixion. This had to have been so difficult. So difficult for her and for so many others. This is the man who healed her. Who took away all of her pain. And yet, she is watching him endure the most awful pain ever. And she couldn't take it away. This was something that she could not do. There was nothing she could do. All of it was out of her control. All she could do was watch in horror. Tom Berlin, in our small group studies of this series, speaks about one aspect that Mary might have been facing. He said that she might have thought that when with Jesus dead, the one who took her demons away, that those same demons were going to return now that Jesus was no longer there. This could be a feeling of despair, a feeling of hopelessness, of wondering if everything that Jesus did was now going to be undone. This could have frightened her, caused her to retreat back into the life that she lived before she met Jesus, but she didn't. She never left. 
With the exception of the Sabbath time between the crucifixion and the empty tomb, Mary was always there. She watched as Jesus breathed his last, as his side was pierced, as the sky became dark, and as the earth shook, as they took his body down, following them to the tomb where they rolled the stone to cover the entrance. But here it was, the third day. The sun has not even come up yet and she is on her way to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. Certainly there had to be questions floating around in her mind like, who's going to remove the stone? How bad is it going to be? And where do I go from here? But she arrives at the tomb and experiences shock and disbelief. The stone is already gone. And although it doesn't tell us in the passage we read today, she must have looked inside when she first got there. We know this because she ran all the way back to tell Peter and John about this. And then all three of them ran all the way back to the tomb so that Peter and John could witness it for themselves. Once they see that the body is gone, Peter and John run back to where they were staying. But Mary stays, standing outside the tomb, and she's crying. She then looks into the tomb again, probably to make sure that she saw what she saw, or maybe what she didn't see. And it was at that moment that the messengers or the angels appeared, asking her, why are you crying? thinking of everything that she went through over the past few days, the death of a dear friend, the loss of sleep, knowing that burial rituals needed to be completed and facing a future of uncertainty, it would have been easy to imagine her comments coming out a little on the edge. And I appreciated the way you said them, Stephen. They've taken away Jesus. I don't have any idea where he is. But then the miracle of the third day comes. The miracle of the third day comes. Jesus appears to her even if she didn't recognize him at first. Maybe it was because of the tear-filled eyes, as Mary explained, or the sleep deprivation, or maybe, a, or maybe there was a difference in the resurrected Jesus. Either way, she didn't recognize him until he called her by name. Mary. She must have run to him, grabbed a hold of him in the biggest hug ever. Tears of sadness and confusion give way to tears of joy and happiness. But Jesus tells her not to hold on to him. He still will need to ascend to heaven, but he does give her a mission. And the mission is to go and tell the others. Go and tell the others. Mary was the first one to encounter the risen Christ. She was the first one to share the news. Peter and John, they just ran back to where they were staying. It doesn't say that they told anybody. They just ran back. But Mary did. Mary told. Mary was the first evangelist. She was the first spreader of the good news. Can we just appreciate for a moment that God chose Mary, a woman, to be the first person to share the news of the resurrection? Isn't that amazing? 
love that part of the story. But she didn't stop with the disciples. She entered into her mission field. This is Mary's mission. She lived fully into it. She told everybody, everyone she met from that day on, she told them about Jesus. Can you imagine her excitement as as she shared that news? The third day changed everything for Mary. It told her that her demons were not going to come back. It told her that her life had been forever changed and that she had been redeemed and was now experiencing new life, everlasting life. The third day changes everything for us too. Jesus calls us by name. And maybe it's a whisper. Betty, Carol, Nancy, Gary, Mel, Andy. Or maybe it's a little more forceful. But Jesus still calls us by name. Stephen, come. Mary, come. Ron, come. Jesus gives us a mission. And while we name it here at Journey of Hope as belonging and changing and sharing or to live out our faith as we encourage others to become disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, it also comes to us as a simple message from God to share our faith. To share our faith in the good news of Jesus with others. Has your life been changed? Has your life been changed? I mean, think about it for a minute. Think about how God has called out to you and how God has redeemed you in your life. And then think about who God is calling you to share that message with. Do you see a name? As you... As you are here in the sanctuary, are you in your homes as you are looking ahead and looking forward, maybe at me, but you're not seeing me, you're seeing a name, or you're seeing a face, or maybe you're hearing a name. God is calling you to share the good news, to share how God has transformed your life, as God has called you into this new life. God wants you to share that. This is our mission, just as it was Mary's mission. But then I want to ask you a question. When you share that message with them, are you sharing it like Mary would have? Full of excitement and assurance. You see, the third day made all the difference in the world to Mary. The third day makes all the difference in the world to me and to you and to the world around us. How can we Follow Mary's example and share the message, the message of Jesus Christ with our community and our world around us. Maybe just the person sitting next to you or the person living next to you. How can you share the good news with others? Will you pray with me? Loving and and encouraging God, 
God, we hear this message of Mary and her experience of the resurrection and the ways that she spoke with excitement, the ways that she spread the good news, the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, to everyone that she saw, everyone that she met. God, may, they, may that be like us too. May we truly share the good news. May we preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. God, thank you for the message. Thank you for the encouragement and thank you for the challenge. And thank you most of all for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. As we get ready to go forth from this place, uh, we go forth uh, after hearing a message of the resurrection, even though we are in the midst of this season of Lent. And so maybe as we, as we travel this journey together, that we spend time th- reflecting on resurrection, what that means for us, what the third day means for us, and how we can take those next steps in our journey along this path of Lent. And so now go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you and it goes with you always. Amen.